Great. Thank you, Sarah. Afternoon, everyone. Afternoon. Uh, we're going to have our Bible reading. So um, I've asked two people to do it already, and they've refused because it's got big words in it. Now, I'm dyslexic, so I've got no chance. But here we go. Luke chapter 3, uh, how not to read the Bible. So, okay, you read that bit? Everyone got that, okay? Okay, so in the 15th year, the reign of Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetriarch, check me out, of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetriarch of a couple of other places and all sorts of places, and it, but all of that was happening during the high priest of a couple of other people. But anyway, the important point is the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Let's just pray before we look at that scripture together for a few minutes. Loving God, thank you that you speak through what you've spoken. We pray as we look at these scriptures together that your spirit might speak into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, just a few little thoughts before we continue in our worship and um, we share communion together. Um, uh, but if, did you notice, you know, that the opening verses uh, that I couldn't uh, pronounce any of those words to, that's actually, as an aside, how I found out I was dyslexic. So in my, when I trained to be a vicar, believe it or not, we've all received training for this. You wouldn't notice, would you? But we have. Uh, and um, I was at a, a college in Oxford, which sounds more posh than it was. And people, I don't know if this happened to you, Sarah, uh, at college, but people would be reading like all the long names in the Bible. People knew how to pronounce them. And I was like, do people actually know how to read? And so then I worked out I was dyslexic because I couldn't uh, read very well. But anyway, by the by, did you notice all those big names were basically all the power people of the day, okay? So when Luke's writing his gospel, he's saying there's Caesar and there's Pontius Pilate and there's Herod who was king over this area and his brother Philip was king over this area and he had another brother beginning with an I and he was over that area and then you've got these high priests like the archbishop so Luke as he's writing this he's painting a picture if he's writing it today he is I think Rishi Sunak isn't he? he's the prime minister at the moment he might say in those days Rishi Sunak was prime minister or Liz Truss whoever it is and, and then this person was in charge of this and the archbishop was in charge of the Church of England, and the Pope was a chap called Francis who liked pastor and, and this person, and it kind of outlined all the big power people of the day. So he's setting it up, and as you're reading it and you're listening to it, you're thinking, yes, that's so exciting, because all I know is that God is going to turn up, and if God is going to turn up anywhere, he's going to turn up in the palaces, isn't he? He's going to turn up in Buckingham Palace and wreak a little bit of havoc. He's going to turn up at Lambeth Palace, at Justin Welby's big, big house, which Actually, he's coming soon, so that's wonderful for him. And, uh, and uh, you know, he, God's going to turn up at Dudley Council and have a little word, and he's going to take the throne from King Charles, and, and that's the way they were thinking. And then Luke drops his little spanner in the works, and he says this, but the word of God came to John the Baptist in the wilderness. Isn't that incredible? In the wilderness. In the most unlikely of places, 
God spoke and the whole movement of Jesus began. It never began in the popular places. It never began in the palaces. It never began, as it were, in the rich churches. It never began in the rich areas, in the big city centers. It began in the wilderness. It began in a place that nobody ever went, nobody wanted to be at. And that's where God's work begins to happen. And isn't that wonderful? Isn't that beautiful? You know, um, I think there's a stat and uh, Dudley became one of the, is one of the most unhappiest places to live. They obviously never been to Top Church who did that, and we can show them it's not too bad, but it's one of the most unhappiest places to live. And it's almost as if, like, for me, that's like, well, that's the place God's going to work, isn't it? Why do you want to go anywhere else? You know, that's where God's going to work, in that wilderness place. That is a place where it's been neglected, that's disempowered, that doesn't feel like it's got kind of any real meaning or any real purpose. That is where God is at work. And that's the beautiful introduction of Luke's gospel. Isn't it a wonderful kind of opening? But anyway, that wasn't going to be my main point, but that's just sort of reminded me as we were worshipping together. So, okay, got that? Good. Okay, who here, when you used to do work, or some of you still do work, uh, always have background music on are you like a background music person or uh, do you need to work in silence are you a kind of silence worker kind of what about falling asleep are you like do you need absolute silence or does your partner snore so you know it's never going to happen anyway? Uh, or are you like a podcaster? You like to listen to a podcast? Or you can get those lovely gentle things, can't you? That you're listening to the sea or the waves. Do you ever... Uh, so anyone here like uh, complete silence? Who's complete silence? Wow, okay. Who likes a little bit of noise when you're dropping off to, to see? Yeah, Dave Shaw's strong on that. Dave just listens to worship. Doesn't he? It's Hillsong, or not, not Hillsong these days, whoever we... Anyway, but he... he, he uh, Graham Kendrick, can't go wrong. So... Uh, uh, but here's the thing, we all have background noise, don't we? You know, not kind of some of us literally, but all of us have a background noise going on in our head. Okay, all of us have different voices, different noises, different ideas that are circulating in our head that, that we find really hard to switch off. Do, do you know the ones? The ones that said, um, the ones that kind of probably are quite critical of ourselves. Say, you know, we can never really open that front door even if we try hard, you know. Or uh, the, ones that, the ones that would say, um, you know, you're, you're not, no one really likes you actually. You're not really kind of worth it. Or, or, or that person was talking about you today. When they looked over, even though actually they were just looking over because they lost their glasses or something but your voice says and you, do, you, do you understand we all have that kind of inner critic don't we we don't need others criticizing us we're really good doing it ourselves and then it starts to kind of seep out to others doesn't it you kind of look at others and you kind of start to kind of have a have a view on them we have what's called like background music all the time in our lives that's kind of knocking ourselves down or knocking others down and that's why I love Mark's, uh, Luke's gospel, rather, and the wonderful thing. And the next slide, thank you, uh, Adam, is this. You see this wonderful thing about Jesus, and it's this in, that, in our reading. It says, the heavens were opened. The heavens were opened. It's like, some of you will remember radios, and it's like a whole new kind of radio frequency or a whole new podcast arriving, uh, dropping into your phone. I think that's what they do these days. It's this wonderful kind of moment where heaven opens and like a new tune is playing, a new background music is starting to happen when the heavens open. It, or it's a bit like this. Some of you would have had school reports, wouldn't you? Who still remembers your school report? Yeah. Who had uh, could do better? Anyone had could do better? Who had it? It would be nice if they turned up occasionally. No. Um, uh, and uh, what have you, we all remember our school reports. It's always at the end of the year, isn't it? Or if you're in work, you have your annual report. You have your annual, like an annual report. I had mine the other the day. It was six years a bit late, but they got around to it in the end, and you have to sort of explain yourself and all these things. It's great. It's great fun. And and 
or it's a little bit like um, an open heaven is a bit like this, you see. It's like getting your school report before you've gone to school and it says you've done brilliantly. It's like getting your annual report before you started your job and saying you've been the best, you've won again, employee of the year once again. Or it's a bit like kind of being given all your GCSEs before you have them or your, or your A-levels or your degree before you've done it. An open heaven, in an open heaven scenario, God the Father says to Jesus, you're my son, with you I am well pleased. And Jesus has done diddly squat. He's done absolutely nothing. He's not even cast out a demon, called himself the son of God. He's not cast out a demon. He's not walked on water. He's not turned water into wine. He's not done anything. And yet God the Father says, you are my son, with you I am well pleased. Jesus, in God's economy, gets his school report at the start of his ministry, not at the end. Our lives work out that we find out how we've done when we've kind of failed, when it's right at the end of things. The economy of God, the way of God is this, is that we begin our lives with one great big affirmation. Now, who's, I don't know if anyone's planning to be at their funeral. Anyone? Yeah, I'm going to be at mine. I'm, I'm not going to hear everything, sadly. But, um, but, but if you know, wouldn't it be fun to be at your funeral? Well, you will be, but you know, like to be able to hear. Because at your funeral, what you find out is how loved you were, don't you? you have to, I mean, you don't actually hear it yourself. Um, but I've done so many funerals who I've discovered there's so many saints everywhere because everybody, suddenly you bring out all their good points and all their wonderful points. In life, we just tend to sh- think about our worst bits about us, or we just tend to hit, be negative about one another. Suddenly, at the end of life, you hear about all the good things. The Bible presents a really different picture, okay? It's an alternative story where right at the start of life, you are celebrated, and through the whole of your life, you are celebrated, because we're living under an open heaven. When God says, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are my child, and with you, I am well pleased. And what Jesus invites us into as we follow him is is positive Jesus vibes. It's this place where actually we're living under an open heaven. We're living in that place where God the Father is saying wonderful things over our lives. And when we've been trashed through whatever system trashed us, when we've been trashed by our parents or our brothers or our sisters, or we've just been downtrodden or we've been overlooked, or as you get older you suddenly think, actually I'm just not getting the promotions that other people around me seem to be doing better than I do. And, 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 you know, my kids are all right, but they're not as good as their kids. And all that, all that stuff creeps in. Come back to that place of thinking, actually, what God the Father says is this. There's an open heaven. And he says, you are my son. You are my daughter. With you, I am well pleased. I've got a, a good friend called Eddie. Eddie, um, he's, he's absolutely wonderful. He's from uh, London. And he's one of these sort of chaps who's sort of been about 50 forever. Do, 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 do you know, I feel like I'm nearly in that place now. Uh, but uh, he's, he's, he's always, always looked the same age. And he had a really, really uh, difficult life. Had a really difficult childhood. Grew up in London. Some really difficult situations. Won't go into all the details. But he was at a, we were at a kind of leadership conference and um, he was just delighted to be there. He was just delighted to be there. And he, he, his, he grew up in that kind of family where, you know, the dad never says, I love you or well done or you're a good lad or it was that sort of generation. He gave no, no affirmation. And he was just standing at the back and he's kind of watching all the worship happening and just overwhelmed thinking, wow, I've, in his own way, he felt he kind of made it, you know, he'd arrived. And um, he just thought to himself, gosh, I wonder, I wonder what my dad would think of me now in this context. And as soon as he thought that, it almost, he said, it wasn't an audible voice, but it's a strong sense of an inner voice 
these words from Jesus' baptism come into his heart, which said, Eddie, you're my son. With you, I am well pleased. And he just broke down in tears and began to cry because he's thinking, gosh, God loves me. God really, absolutely loves me. And Eddie, I mean, now he's past his 50s now, but this is when he was in his 50s. This isn't a teenager having a nice little moment in a good Christian camp. This is a grown man who's got the scars of life. And even at that age, at that stage, he needed to hear again, I live under an open heaven, that God says, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are my child, with you I am well pleased. Because the scars of life increase as you get older, don't they? Don't decrease. We need to keep hearing that open heaven. So that's my simple prayer for all of us, really, uh, this afternoon, is that we just live in that beautiful open heaven. And that's what this kind of story of epiphany is about, that glory moment where God rips open the heavens and says, you are my child, with you I am well pleased. We're going to continue in a little bit of sung worship, and then we're going to share communion. And my hope and prayer is if we come up and receive communion, we might come up with those hearts that says, you know, I just could do with hearing those words today, Jesus, that you speak those words into my heart, that I am your son, I'm your daughter, I'm your child, and you're pleased with me. You're pleased with me. Let's pray together before we sing some worship songs. Lord Jesus, we just um, thank you for this powerful story of the heavens opening and all these wonderful things being said. And Father, you know our hearts, you know our scars, you know our inner critic. You know how rarely we think of ourselves as loved by you. And we're asking as we sing together, as we share communion, that you might change our hearts, that we might all leave here experiencing something of that dramatic beautiful love that comes from an open heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.